listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear great ideas, insight, and inspiration to level up your leadership ability. Hey guys, it's John Barrett with the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. If you are new here, it's great to have you. Go to johnbarrettleadership.com under the podcast and you can download a leader guide to follow along with. And uh, hey, listen, if this is adding value to you, leave a review wherever you listen to this at. And uh, that helps us to kind of get the word out and validate the podcast. And uh, thanks so much for everybody tuning in and being a part of this thing. This month, I want to talk to you about three ways to be more productive. Now, productivity is a passion of mine. I love to talk about productivity. In fact, I've been living and studying productivity for over 20 years, literally reading every book, uh, listening to everything I can, as well as practicing and working on my own ways to be more productive in life because I'm convinced that the quality of our life depends on how productive we are. And, and you can use this for every domain in your life. I mean, if you're more productive in your relationships, you're going to experience greater fulfillment. When you're more productivity or when you're more productive in your professional life, we make a bigger impact. When we're more productive in our finances, uh, we have better options for us in the future. When we're more productive in our hobbies, uh, we're happier. When we're more productive, uh, productive in our health, then we are going to live a much more balanced and uh, a well life. So listen, you can apply this to every area, every domain of your life to be more productive in. And I know that in, in my life, at the end of my life, I want to know that I squeezed every ounce of life out of it. I mean, every drop by the end. I don't want to leave anything in there. And that's why I'm passionate about productivity. And I hope you are too. Because the more you are, are a student of productivity, then the more successful you're going to become. So I want to challenge you. And I'm going to give you three ways that I've come up with that, that are the most powerful ways to be productive in your life. But before we jump into those and I share them with you, I just want to ask you a simple question. Why do you want to be more productive? Now, almost everybody I talk to wants to be more productive. I don't think I've ever talked to someone that says, no, I think I finally arrived. I really don't want to be more productive. Everybody wants to be more productive in their life. And especially if you've got vision and you're ambitious and, and you want to live a fulfilled life, you want to be more productive. But I want to ask you this, why? Why is it? What's at stake? Because if you just want to be more productive because it sounds good or looks good or something like that, it, it's not going to drive you to be a student and to really do this. But if your why is strong, then it's going to drive you and push you. In fact, I would say this, you can't know the how if you don't know the why. So you can't know how to be more productive if you don't know why you want to be more productive. When you have a strong why, then the how begins to present itself. And if you don't know why you want something, you'll never fight to get it. You'll never really be all that you can be. So I, I teach a lot on productivity and, and coach a lot on this. And, and I'm always fascinated to hear what are the why statements why do you want to be more productive? You know, I went around and I've pulled so many different people in this. Let me share with you just some. Um, a, a, a guy that I work with, Tim, he says, I want to be more productive so that I can fulfill my potential and leave a lasting legacy. That's his why. That's what he has determined. Um, for uh, uh, Mabel, a, a lady that I talked with, she said, being more productive makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm contributing to the world and others. So Mabel, for her to be more productive, she feels good. She feels like she's contributing to the world. 
Lori said, I want to be, uh, I want to feel more inspired to productivity rather than merely doing what needs to be done. So she said, my big why is that I want to be inspired to do great things rather than just what needs to be done. I mean, I want to do things that are significant, that inspire, that, that stir my spirit. Uh, Brett said, I want to be more productive so I feel better about myself at work and so I have less stress from time crunches. So, right, so his big why is, listen, I'm tired of always feeling like I'm, I'm behind the eight ball, always trying to catch up. I just want to live more, you know, stress-free and, and feel like I'm on top of things. So, whatever it is, I could go on and on. I've got probably about 50 more of these from, from people that I've collected over the years. But, but I just want to encourage you, what is your big why? Why do you want to be more productive? And I encourage you to answer that, that, that question and figure out what's at stake for you. Because when you can identify that why, then you're going to be on to the how and you're going to be more committed to this. You know, people that do weight loss, the, those that are really successful with weight loss programs, one of the first things that almost every program does is identify your why. Why do you want to be healthier? Why do you want to lose weight? And if it's just, you know, for kind of an arbitrary reason, then you're probably not going to stick with it. But when you have a strong why and you've identified that, we, we, we see that people are much more disciplined at following through and they're willing to endure so many temptations because they have such a strong why. So what is your why when it comes to productivity? Why do you want to be more successful and productive in your life? For me, it's because I want to end my life with memories and not dreams. Meaning I want to end my life because I've had memories of all the things that I've done and everything I was able to accomplish rather than die with all these dreams that were unfulfilled and all these thoughts and things that I wanted to do. So to me, that drives me. Like I said earlier, I want to squeeze every drop of life out when I'm, when I'm done. So I just encourage you, identify what that is, okay? So three ways that you can be more productive, all right? Three ways, the three ways to be more productive. Now, if you could picture a Venn diagram, right? The three circles that kind of overlap each other and, and, and where they all three overlap in the center is, is, is this place that I call flow. Okay, and, and that's not a term that I've identified, but in this concept of the Venn diagram, the very center of what we're looking for is this place called flow. Just when you're in the zone, how many of you guys have ever been in the zone and you are in the flow? I mean, you are just getting things done. We've all had those moments in our life where, where we look up and we feel like we have just rock and rolled. I mean, we've gotten so much done. And we were in this state of flow where we were just on fire. But we've also been in those times where we look back at our day and we think, what in the world did I do? Where did everything go? And we were not in a state of flow. We were like, you know, out of the zone, not in the zone. And years ago, there were a, a famous author, Mihai Chesensk Mihai. That's right. Say that. That's always fun. Mihai Chesensk Mihai. Uh, he wrote a book called Flow that became very famous. And it was all about how the, the kind of the science and the thought process of why is it that some people get into the state of flow where they're in the zone, highly creative, highly productive, where you're making things happen. Well, well why is that? And what can we do to get into this state? Now, the book was amazing, and he was a, f a phenomenal author, thought leader, and there's been so many books written on, on being creative and being productive, but I, I want to give you, after 20 years of research and living this, what, what I'm going to call the three W's of how you get in the zone. How do you get to that center of the, di of the Venn diagram where all three things overlap and you are in this state of flow where you are highly productive? Well, as it turns out, I believe there's three W's, the three W's of productivity. 
the three different circles that when these all align together, you get in a state of flow. All right, the first one that I want to talk to you about, the first W is when. So when you do what you do is so important. All right, if you are going to get productive in your life, you've got to think about when you do what you do. Now, the, the, the big buzzword over the years has been time management, right? You've got to be a great time manager to be productive. But I want to switch gears a little bit and tell you something that trumps time management. It literally is secondary to this thing, and that's energy management. So when you do what you do, because time is not created equal. You can be great at managing time, but if your energy level is low, then you're not going to bring your best self to it. But if your energy level is high, you're going to bring your best self to it, and you're going to be more productive. So time is not created equal, and I'll, and I'll prove it to you. I mean, just give me your worst time of the day. I don't know, when you're like the, the most tired. Maybe it's 3 in the morning when you're just like in the dead of sleep, or, or maybe it's early morning. If you're not a morning person, maybe it's in the morning. But whatever it is, if I ask you to do the most robust, complex task when your energy is at the lowest, when you're at your most tired, then you are going to not be productive. I mean, it's going to take you forever to do it. You're going to be groggy. You're going to be in a funk. You're going to be kind of in a haze. But if I ask you to do a certain task when your energy level is at the highest, you're going to get it done, and you're going to get it done well. So time is not created equal. Just because you carve an hour out on the clock does not mean that you're bringing your, your best energy to that hour. So that's why time management is secondary to energy management. You can carve out, you know, one o'clock to two o'clock to do this task. But if you are in, you know, that's a time of your day when after lunch, when you are just so tired, then whatever it is you do from one to two, it's going to be hard to do. You're going to have to fight through a whole lot of fogginess and tiredness and all that stuff versus maybe 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Maybe that's a, an amazing hour for you where your energy is just high. Then I'm telling you, when you do what you do matters, all right? Now, the ancient Greeks had, had a definition for this. I mean, they got it right. This is nothing new. This is ancient. This has been around for forever. They had two words for time, the ancient Greeks. One was chronos and one was kairos. Chronos is where we get the word chronological. It just means sequential time. So chronos is one of the words they use for time, and it was basically just uh, sequential time, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, just like a clock, chronological order, chronos. But they had another word for time called kairos, and this was the opportune time, the proper time. It was a moment in chronos where you had a kairos moment, where it was just like a moment of opportunity, like where you brought your best energy or it, it was your best self. And, and it was the opportune time. Now, we get the word opportunity. This is really cool. We get the word opportunity. It's a Latin term uh, from ob portu. And ob portu was a Latin term they used in sailing. And basically, when sailors wanted to come in to, into the harbor and, and come into the dock, they had the wait for ob portu, the moment when the, when the tide would rise and they could get the ship into the harbor. But if they missed the ob portu, then they had to wait all the way around for high tide to come in. And it's where we get the word opportunity, oportu. It means that there is a moment in time where the tide rises and you have this window where you can strike and you can get in the harbor and it's your opportunity, your oportu moment. And that's what the Greeks, they would call this the kairos moment where it was the opportune time. 
So within the clock, within your day, there are these Kairos moments that you have where your energy is at its best. And you need to make sure that when you do what you do is aligned with what you do, right? So when you do it. So I want you to just take a moment and think about your life and about the day. Now, if we were to sit down and I was coaching you and working with you one-on-one, like I do with many people, we would literally chart out your day from wake to, to going to bed. And we would kind of chart out on this. When are your energy levels at the highest? And when do they typically drop down to the lowest? And we would chart out each hour throughout the day uh, that, that, that where this rises and, and where it falls. Because we would want to be very intentional about aligning what it is that you're doing. When is the right time to do it? For example, if you've got a lot of creative, robust tasks that you've got to do, you need to make sure that you do that when you are at your best. So maybe you're a morning person. Maybe you save and protect that time. Uh, or maybe it's, it's, it's where you've got to be in meetings and you've got to be sharp and, and you've got to be really alert and ready to go. Well, you need to make sure that your meetings align with when you're at your best as much as within your control that you do that. So listen, you've got to be very intentional about your day. And it's so important that you think about energy management more than you just do time management. Time is there to serve your energy, not the other way around. Just because you carve out an hour doesn't mean you bring your best self to it. So I want you to think about if you're going to get into a state of flow, the first W of these three need to be when you do what you do. When are you at your best? And think about that. Is it morning, midday, afternoon, evening, night? What is it? And make sure that you're intentional about when you do what you do. That's one of the W's. The second W in this Venn diagram in order to get into the state of flow is where. Where you do what you do is so important. Okay, so where you work and where you function and where you create and where you do what you do can, can really make a big difference in your life. And the tr- reality is, is that you need a greenhouse for your thoughts. You need a greenhouse for your productivity, just like plants need a nice greenhouse where they get the proper uh, amount of, 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 of light and the environment is correct, then they grow into something great. But if you put that plant in the wrong environment, and you put it in a dark and kind of dingy basement, that plant is going to die. Our life is no different. Our productivity, where we do what we do matters. Okay, so not just when we do what we do, but where we do it. So you need a greenhouse, okay? So where you produce can affect what you produce. Where you produce can affect what you produce. So I want to encourage you, think about where you do what you do. There are certain environments that are going to lend themselves to to better um, uh, uh, ability to focus and creativity or analytical thinking or whatever it is that you need to do. Your environment matters. Okay, now, I know that uh, many of you, you may not have a whole lot of options with your environment. Maybe you work in an office space uh, and, and, you know, you're just kind of assigned an area that you've got. You don't have a lot of control. But with whatever is within your control, try to be as intentional about creating an environment that is conducive for you to work and think. And if it's within your control, be very intentional. For example, for me, I love uh, being outside, especially in the spring, summer, fall, when it's kind of nice out. Uh, I love working outside and writing and creating and thinking. So I'll go down to the local coffee shop here and I'll sit out on the porch. I love it out there. And, and, and for me, that's a greenhouse for my creative thinking when I'm writing and working on talks or whatever it may be, content. Uh, I love being in that environment. Right. So for me, that that's a big greenhouse is being kind of outside in the sun and in that. So think about in your life, what are the different environments 
and, and where are your best environments to work from and create that. If it's within a, an office or a room in your house or wherever it may be, think about that or places that you can go, right? Because where you do what you do can affect what you do. Now, let me just give you kind of five environmental factors that they have proven to affect productivity. This is uh, uh, some great research on this, but I'm just going to kind of give you a quick overview of it and, and how your environment literally affects your productivity. One is sound. The, 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 the level of sound. Now, they've proven that low levels of sound um, kind of help with, with analytical kind of thinking, right? And, 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 and when there's a kind of a moderate level of, of background noise, you can really engage thinking. They say that when it's too quiet, when it's dead silent, a lot of times uh, because we're so aware of every little thing, we don't engage in deep thinking as much. And when it's too loud, certainly it, it, it's distracting and that. But there's this idea that low-level ambient sound really helps um, with our thinking and our ability to be creative and analyze and look at things. So when you think about your environment or factors, you know, and everybody's a little different, but for the most part, you, uh, based on research, you want some low-level background noise, whatever that may be. They say that that helps us cognitively think and be more productive. So think about that. Think about the colors that are around you. In fact, they've proven this. This is crazy. Colors like red and some of the brighter colors, um, especially in the red kind of category, uh, tend to um, be more analytical type of thinking. They, they produce this ability to be more analytical is where your blues and some of these earthy tones are more creative kind of thinking. Now, the reason they do that is because our mind associates red with very, you know, uh, very complex things like hospitals, danger, uh, you, you know, stop signs, things that require uh, just a whole lot of analytical thinking where you've got to be very precise. You, 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 you've got to be really tuned in is where some of your blue colors remind us of kind of the sky, the ocean, just kind of big open air of creativity and thinking and nature and whatnot. So just think about your environment, the colors. They can literally impact your thinking. So again, with if it's in your control, in your home office or somewhere where you work, think about the color pattern and what is it doing? How is it helping you? How do you feel comfortable in this environment and in, in, in that? Uh, the third one is temperature. Uh, the temperature of the space affects our ability to think and be productive. They say based on research that um, if you want to work on kind of simpler tasks where you've got, they're, they're not hard, but you've got to be precise, then kind of cooler temperatures are good for that. But they say that if you want to work on complex uh, kind of uh, things, that a warmer temperature uh, tends to lend itself to, to more complex thinking in that. So, you know, think about that. Obviously, everybody's a little different on what they prefer on that, but think about the, the environment. I love it when it's like in the 70s and outside, as I mentioned earlier. Man, I just love that. If there's like a time for me to be productive and think and create in that, it, it's right in the kind of the higher 70s and, you know, just sunny out and that. It's a big deal. I protect those days. In fact, I'll rearrange my schedule some Sometimes when those days uh, happen because I want to protect them and be as in control of those as much as I can rather than giving them away to some other task. So think about that, the temperature of the room. The fourth one is lighting. 
the, 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 the lighting on it. Now, they say that the brighter the light, the more analytical our thinking is, and sort of the darker kind of that, the more creative we tend to be. And just think about this. I mean, when you think about uh, really bright uh, areas, uh, hospitals tend to, you know, really bright lights, right, and, and, and doctor's offices and these things that require much more kind of analytical, very precision, very precise kind of thinking uh, where you've got to be analytical. But, but then you think about kind of the, you know, the, the starving artist kind of a thing, right, at the coffee shop. It's dark, and they're in the corner working and, you know, some of those things. So creativity tends in more of your kind of ambient, low lighting, kind of mood setting. We tend to be a little bit more free in our thinking, and, and we tend to loosen up because we don't appear to be uh, the spotlight isn't on us. And so, but they say that the brighter it is, the more analytical we are because we appear that the spotlight is on us and we've got to be more precise and all that. So, you know, just think about institutions and, and organizations and you can even a, a match some of the different industries and the way that they do lighting and that. So think about that in your own environment. What is the lighting like and, and, and where is it best where you work the best? All right. Fat, fifth one is this, the space. So the space that you're in, is it organized, clean? Is it cluttered? Is it chaos? And again, everybody works a little different in that, but they say that uh, they've done some studies on this and they actually gave people a, a, a puzzle to solve that was unsolvable. It was some sort of puzzle that they had to do, but it was an unsolvable puzzle. It was kind of impossible to solve because of how they set it up, but they didn't tell people that. And they put these two different groups. One was in a clean, organized space and the other one was in a cluttered, kind of crazy chaos space. And they found, this is crazy, that the people that were in the clean and organized space endured longer than those in the cluttered space. Even though they couldn't solve it because it was impossible, they endured longer. They actually, their, their ability to sustain themselves and work on it was infinitely longer than those in a cluttered space. They gave up quickly on the puzzle, knowing they couldn't solve it. They just gave up. So they literally, this is fascinating, but they did all these tests and they found that, that those that are in a clean, organized area tend to be, have more endurance when they're working on tasks and things and they tend to stick with things longer than those that are in a cluttered space. We tend to give up a little bit and, and, and maybe it's because we feel a little bit out of control. I don't know what it is, but again, everybody's a little different, but I just encourage you, think about the space, the organization of it and what it looks like and the use of your space. Is it cluttered? Is it open? Do you feel comfortable? in that space or not, or, or, or whatever the case may be. Listen, where you do what you do can affect what you do. So I want to encourage you, again, when you do what you do is vital. Figure out your energy versus uh, over time, and then where you do what you do. And then the last one that I want to kind of encourage you is, is the, the last W is what you do when you get there. So the three W's, when, where, and what, when those three align, we have this state of flow in this Venn diagram but what you do. So you've got to understand that it's important when you do what you do. You've got to know where you should do what you need to do and then what you're going to do when you get there. What's your plan? What are you going to do to, to, to make things happen and be productive? Listen, most people never tap into their full power of their thinking abilities because they don't know what to do when it's time to create. And listen, listen to me. The more you shock your brain into spontaneous thinking, the longer it takes for it to warm up. So if you go into, you know, this hour 
and you're like, okay, I just came off a meeting and I've got a whole lot to do. What should I do? Hmm, hmm, hmm. What should I work on? You're going to sit around and think about it. You're going to spend five, 10 minutes trying to figure it out because you're going to say, well, let's see, it's 11 o'clock. I just got out of the meeting. I'm going to eat lunch at noon. I've only got an hour. And now that I've thought about it, I've only got 50 minutes because I've been thinking about it for 10 minutes. Uh, and I don't really want to dive into that. That'll take too long. Well, that one will take too long. Well, what's some things I can do quick? And then before we know it, we're lost in email for the next 45 minutes, you know, and then, and then we, we eat lunch and we get done and you, you get the point, right? Most people's days, they're just trying to figure it out as it goes and, and just trying to make it happen. But when you shock your brain in the spontaneous thinking, the longer it's going to take for it to warm up. This is why people lose 10 minutes on the hour all the time. They're losing it. And in the, over the course of a day, they've lost probably, you know, two hours of their day just in wasted time. You do that five days a week, that's 10 hours. That's a whole extra day of your week that you're just probably burning away because you're trying to think about what to do, when, when you should do it, and what you should do. Listen, you got to have a plan for your time. So you've got to be really intentional about what you do when you sit down to work. Listen, Benjamin Franklin said this, for every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. So when you spend time the day before or you spend time the morning of to lay out your day and get a game plan for your day and you organize that day where you know what you're going to be working on, when you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, and what you're going to be doing when you get there, then I'm telling you, you are going to be more productive in your life. You should never be approaching an hour of your day and trying to figure out what you're going to do with it in the moment. It should have been laid out the day before or the morning of. In fact, go back and listen to my podcast, Three Ways to Start and End Your Day. I talk a little bit about this, but it's so important that you get a game plan for your day. Your day should be on paper before it even begins so that you've got a plan. Now, that doesn't mean you might call some audibles and make some changes, and we all have that happen. We all have some things that change in our schedule. That's fine. We have the ability to to flex with it, but you should have a game plan. What's team wouldn't go onto the field with a game plan. Yeah, you might have to change it. Yeah, you might call some audibles here and there, but you go into it with a game plan. You don't just go into it and say, well, what, what, do, we, what, do, we, what do we think we should do? Huh? What sounds good right now? I don't know. You know, Of course not. And too many people are treating their day that way. Listen, when preparation meets opportunity, there is success. So when preparation meets opportunity, there's success. But listen, when opportunity meets procrastination, there is distress, right? I mean, when you have an opportunity, but you procrastinated, you don't even know what you're going to do. There's distress. So how do you want to go about your day with success or distress? Well, if you want success, then prepare. When preparation meets opportunity, there's success. But when opportunity meets procrastination, there is distress. So I want you to be intentional about what you're going to be working on. Figure that out. And remember, is what you're doing aligning with when you're doing it? So save your most complex, robust, kind of um, prioritized tasks for when you are at your best. And whenever you can align the where and you can figure out where you can produce and where you can work, when all this aligns, I'm telling you, you get into the zone, you get into that state of flow where your productivity goes off the charts. And I've coached many people and I work with them on these three things on when they do what they do, where they do what they do, and what they do when they do, right? What they do when they get there. And I'm telling you, if you'll be intentional about these three things, they're going to align in your life and your productivity is going to go up. 
Listen, all you've got to do is gain about an hour or two hours a day of productivity. You take that times five days a week, that's 10 hours. You get an extra day, if not more, of, of work time just by being productive, just by being intentional about this, just by shaving off you know, 10 minutes uh, on the hour uh, throughout your day. Even You don't even have to do it every hour. Just you know, do it six, six times a day. That's 60 minutes you get, five days a week. That's five hours right there that you're going to get back. And I think you can get more than 60 minutes. I think you can get a whole lot more. I think you can get up to two hours of your day and productivity back. So I want you to be intentional. So here's your homework. I want you to think about when you are at your best. What is your Kairos moments where you are have this opportunity where your energy is high? If you're a morning person, protect it. Make sure that you save those times to do the most creative, robust tasks that you can and make sure that you try with, with, with as much as in your control to save that low-hanging fruit, the things that you do to be in when your energy is at the lowest. Know that. Think about it. Also, think about where. Think about the kind of environment you want. All those things we talked about, the five different things that affect it, sound, temperature, lighting, all that stuff. Think about uh, if you're being intentional about that in your workspace, where you're going. If you need to go somewhere to do some work, you go there. I quite often uh, go to, to go to the local uh, coffee shop here and do a lot of work out of there because it's a place where I just produce. And then think about what you're going to do. Be intentional about what you're going to work on, how you're going to do it, what are your goals, what's your hope to get done in the next hour or hour and a half of whatever you've carved out on the calendar to get things done. So think about that, your homework. When you are at your best, mark it out, make a chart, think about it. Think about where you produce the most. Think about the kind of environments and, and, and write that down. Be intentional about places and or spaces that, that you can be productive in. And then when it comes to what you do, think about being intentional about your day and carving out what you're going to work on and have a game plan for it. All right. I hope this was helpful to you guys. I'm passionate about it. The three W's of productivity, three ways to be more productive. And if you'll work on these things, I'm telling you, you're going to get more out of life. You're going to be more successful in what you do. So hopefully you got some value out of this. Remember to leave a review uh, on iTunes or the podcast, wherever you're listening to this at, and that's super helpful. Go to johnbarrettleadership.com. Check out my resources, books, uh, all kinds of other things that are on there um, that you can get to help you in your leadership, in your life, as well as leading others. Guys, let's work on being more productive this year, and I hope you guys have a great time. We will see you next month here on the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit www.johnbarrettleadership.com.